dealing with the issue of head covering here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it's the next portion of Scripture, hitting it for uh, several weeks. But we need to hit it and go through it. And um, trust we can be a blessing as we look at it, right? 1 Corinthians 11. Be followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as, as I delivered them unto you. But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, Paul's dealing with an issue. Remember, we're looking at 1 Corinthians, and he's dealing with issue after issue after issue after issue, right? Now, he's dealing with another issue here, and it's a little bit obscure as to what he's dealing with. And part of the reason why uh, it's a little bit obscure to us is because customs are different, and customs vary greatly uh, over the... Uh, over time and over geographical area too. So when it comes to this area of the head coverings, uh, he's 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 going to deal with it for us. But the the main issue he's talking to you, uh, talking to to them about is this. Uh, it's the idea of the line of authority, God to man, to the woman. Right, so he's dealing with it, he's, he's, he's coming up against it, and he's showing them uh, the truth in this issue. So obviously, we, when, he, when he announces that he's dealing with it in this fashion, we know there's a problem in the church. Right? There's a problem in the church with the, with the women as far as authority is concerned. And part of the issue is the head covering. So that's what he's going to deal with. That's what he's going to work through for them. Uh, it's, it's not the issue of dress as much as what it represents as far as authority is concerned. All right, so let's go, let's go down through it. Um, <clears throat> every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head, for that is even one as she were shaven. All right, so <clears throat> the custom uh, was that the women were to, were to have their heads covered. That was just the reality. And the, the women, woman having her head covered indicated her submission to her husband, right? That, that's obviously what, what we're looking at here. It indicates submission to the husband, right? Um, <clears throat> for Verse 6, For the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. Right? Now, the temple prostitutes had their heads shorn, right? And it was obviously a mark of shame. Uh, and remember, Corinth is a wild place, it really is. I mean, it's hard even historically to work out all the stuff that was happening in Corinth. But, you know, it was, it, it made virtue out of immorality to, 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 a, to an incredible extent. I mean, uh, the stories regarding the temple prostitutes in, in Corinth were just, are just unbelievable. You know, that uh, people who subscribed to the cult, uh, that they were, they were required to be prostitutes for a period of time. You know, it, it is just wickedness uh, beyond what you can imagine. So when Paul is dealing with some of these issues, you have to take into account the background of what he's dealing with. He's taking and he's looking at a city that is just, uh, <clears throat> you know, that, that, that is wild. That's the only word you could say it. Wild in its wickedness. Right? <clears throat> um, Verse 7, for a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. Right? So the line we just saw is God to men to women. Right? And the man was not to cover his head because he was relating to God, uh, but the woman was to cover her head because uh, she was in submission to the man. Uh, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power 
Uh, that word power there is exousia. It's authority on her head uh, because of the angels. Now, um, <clears throat> I could give you various interpretations of that, but, but I won't. I mean, um, it, 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 it's a difficult one to, to, to understand what, what, what that had to do with the angels, that the angels were looking at the situation. Um, so let's leave it, uh, and the Lord may clear it up for us later on, right? <clears throat> Verse 11, Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man and the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things uh, of God. Judge yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame to him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Right? Now, here we have the uh, introducing the idea of the fact that uh, the woman's hair is a covering. Now, it says if the man have short hair and the woman have long hair. Now, which is short hair and which is long hair? It doesn't specify now, it doesn't say what exactly short hair would be and what, what longer hair would be, but definitely this, the woman's hair is to be longer than the man's hair. Right? Now, it doesn't give us length, it doesn't give us where, where it begins and ends, but the woman's hair is definitely to be longer uh, than the man's hair, and that principle carries through. Right? So, um, <clears throat> but again, remember that the issue is it's a symbol of authority. That's what Paul is talking about. All right, <clears throat> verse 16. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Now, obviously what's happening in Corinth is the, the, the women are <clears throat> either wearing their hair shaven or their hair short or some, something of that nature is happening because it's a problem, it's an issue. And Paul was aware that even after laying out the reasons for it, they might, they might be uh, having trouble with it. And he says, look, understand this. Listen, to the, If they won't listen to any of the arguments, understand this, that nobody else does this as far as the head's being shorn. Nobody else is playing at this. I really think the issue Paul is dealing with uh, has much more to do than head covering. What it's actually got to do with it, it's got to do with the issue of um, submission for women. I, I, I think what you had is you had a feminist movement within the Corinthian church, and Paul is dealing with it and bringing it in line. Now, in order to clear it up completely, we need to look at some other scriptures that are going to help us with it, right? Look with me at Galatians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. And this is where I start causing trouble for myself, okay? All right, Galatians chapter 3, verse... Now, this, this verse won't cause me any trouble. You'll all like this verse, all right? Uh, it's the other verses we're going to look at that are going to, that are going to cause us trouble here, right? <clears throat> well... Sorry, I've got it wrong there. My, my, my quotation is wrong, right? Um, what we're looking at here is the fact that, listen, that God said there's no difference between the male and the female. We're all one in Christ, all right? Now, that's a nice verse. That, that, that's a happy one. We're going to keep that in mind. There is no difference between us. We're all one in Christ. But look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 2. This is where the trouble starts, all right? 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 8. 
I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. All right, now, um, Paul is dealing here with the issue of, of, of authority as far as women are concerned. In verse 11, he says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Now, we have to kind of tease this through here because I've heard uh, people say, well, listen, women are not supposed to say anything in the church. Uh, if we get to the place where women don't say anything in the church, it's going to be a very quiet church, all right? <laughs> this, will be a, this will be a really quiet church, right? Uh, so uh, now, the, the, the word there is uh, <clears throat> hesukia, and what it actually means is quietly. In Second Thessalonians 3, verse 12, it talks about uh, doing your work in quietness. And it's not talking about doing your work in silence. The idea is, you know, listen, you're focused on your work and you're doing your work, uh, that you're not causing an uproar while you're doing your work, right? So it's not talking about women being silent. And the way we know that is there are several areas where women are told to, to speak in the church. Even in the passage we just read in in um, 1 Corinthians, it says a woman prophesying or praying, and it's talking about in the church there. So obviously it's not saying that they can't say anything. But let's move on down. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man. Now, the idea of teaching there is the idea of uh, <clears throat> discourse, reasoning with and working out the truth and teaching it to men. Right? It's not even passing on truth. It's the idea of working out truth. And to usurp authority means to take dominion that is not rightfully hers. Right? Uh, that is what it means. It, it's the idea of, you know, dominating, being in charge, not just being in a position of authority. Right? And Let's work our way through this. I mean, is it wrong for a woman in the church to have any authority? Obviously not. Right? Would it be wrong for a woman to take my position and become the pastor and be the teacher in the church? That would be wrong. Right? Now, we're going to look at why that would be wrong in a minute here. But, but that would be wrong. But, you know, there's delegated authority where a woman can actually carry out the function of authority, um, but she's not usurping, she's not taking something to herself that's not given to her. And that's a key issue. Remember, with, with, with 1 Corinthians, we're looking at the idea of a woman being under authority, that she's under authority, that she's recognizing that she's under authority, and we're carrying that through here, too. So that the idea of a woman uh, being in charge of something, that's not a problem. We'll just say, we'll just say that um, <clears throat> we're organizing food and Anya's in charge of the tables and Anya says to Hugh and Anthony, I want you to put that table there. Anything wrong with that? Now, some of you are going to bristle with it. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> Absolutely, this is, this is not, that's not usurping authority over somebody. That's not taking dominion over somebody. Right? Um, th th that's not a problem. It's dealing with the teaching ministry of the church that she's not to take dominion over there. Now, 
<clears throat> what we were dealing with uh, in Corinth, and I think probably what Paul is referring to uh, here as well, is the idea of women that were stepping up and were actually uh, <clears throat> being bossy as far as the teaching of the, of, of the church was concerned. They were taking over. They were actually doing the business as far as the teaching. And Paul is saying, no, that should not be. Now, he's going to give us reasons here in this passage why it shouldn't be. But understand what we're looking at here is not somebody who's carrying out a a ministry in the church. It's taking authority. And notice what it says, too. It says, over the man. Right? It doesn't say over the children, and it doesn't say over other women. Because the Bible tells women that the older women have to teach the younger women. And it's fine for women to teach the younger man. It's fine for them to be in that position there. But the key issue here is it's not taking authority as far as the ministry, as far as the teaching and the preaching of the church is concerned. All right, so, so understand. And it's the idea of usurping authority. It's taking that domination. Uh, it's being in charge. Now, let's go on and see why Paul is saying this. He says, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Right, now, In the order of things, you've got God, and then he formed Adam. Now, what happened after that? Then he formed a woman. Why did he form a woman? He formed a woman to be a helpmeet to man. We can go back in in Genesis and look at that, but woman was formed to be a helpmeet to man. Does that make woman less than man? No. But it does give us an order of things. It does give us the way things are supposed to be laid out. That uh, Adam was first formed and then man. Now look at verse 14. And verse 14 kind of leaves a whole lot of questions unanswered, but we're going to have to look at it anyway, right? And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now, Adam was not deceived. The woman was deceived. Now, who was responsible for the fall? Adam. Adam's responsible for the fall. Why is Adam responsible for the fall? Because he was the head. Because he was the one that was in authority. Because he was the one that was responsible. He, he was the one that was in charge. He was not deceived. He went into it with his eyes open. Now, we don't know why he went into it with his eyes open. It may be that he had an affection for Eve and he knew it was going to happen to Eve. And he was going with her. Whatever happened, he, was, he, he didn't want to be without her. We don't know. But Adam, with his eyes wide open, made a decision to partake of the fruit and plunge the world into darkness. What would have happened if, if Adam hadn't? I don't know. You could speculate for a long time about that. Right? But <clears throat> notice this, that Adam was not deceived. The woman was. Now, ladies, <clears throat> follow with me here. Right? Um, <clears throat> A woman's nature is such that generally it is easier to put one over on her emotionally than it is with a guy. Right? How many of you women have had your husband say, that's ridiculous? And they're looking at it with a clear, cold look, and they're looking at it logically, whereas a woman's nature is looking at it from a completely different angle altogether. Now, it's not less. It's different. It's the completing side of it. That which makes a woman a great completer makes her more susceptible to being deceived. That's a hard one to take, isn't it? But you really got to embrace the, the thought there because if you don't embrace the thought there, you miss something of your nature that can do you great damage. Listen, 
God gave woman to man to be a helpmeet, a helpmeet suitable for him. Because, you know, listen, what God is saying is you guys are missing something. Adam, you are missing something pretty bad. You need a woman to complete you. Right? You need a woman to provide the other side of the picture here, Adam. But understand that, that in doing that, in fitting a woman to see the other side of the picture, it seems that it made it easier to deceive her. So one of the functions your husband has, ladies, is he's supposed to protect you from deception. He's supposed to actually help you and protect you from deception. And there ought to be somebody in your life, some man in your life. Typically, uh, a, a woman goes uh, w- with the authority from her dad. You know, when a woman gets married, the authority is passed over from dad uh, to the husband. And he takes that authority. He takes that position of taking care of her and protecting her. But we need to understand that because that's a key issue for us here. You see, Eve was not responsible for the fall. I know everybody complains about Eve, and everybody says when we get to heaven we're going to deal with Eve. It's not Eve's fault. God never said it was Eve's fault. It was Adam's fault. The first Adam blew it when he partook of the fruit. Eve did wrong, but Adam is the one that's responsible. Eve was deceived, and Adam wasn't. And so we've got to understand this is not weaker. This is not less because we are... You know, we're co-heirs together, um, the Bible says. Uh, we're, <clears throat> there's no difference between man and woman uh, in Christ. What this is saying is that there's a difference, and the difference somehow works out that the woman is easier to deceive than the man. Now, I'm not going to give you an, an opportunity to ask me questions, right? Because that, that, that will get even more difficult, right? Um, <clears throat> that being the case, then... Woman's got to be very careful <clears throat> as far as usurping authority. Do you realize that many of the um, <clears throat> of the cults and many of the false teachings actually come from a woman or from the influence of a woman? Sometimes, like I'm not saying none, not saying. Listen, there's you know there's something bad and wicked as far as women are concerned. I'm saying it's easier for the enemy to deceive them somehow. And what happens is we end up with a problem when when women usurp authority and begin to take that authority as far as teaching is concerned. We end up with a problem with a difficulty. So, ladies, you've got to be careful. Understand this, that submission is for all of us, right? There's to be a mutual submission. All of us submit. But a woman ought to be in in submission to a man uh, that God has put in her life. That's just part the way it should be. Now you're saying, oh man, this sounds like it's draconian. This sounds like we're going back in time. No, 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 this is not going back in time. This is practical reality because of the way God made us. God made us to be in a certain way. That means, man, you have to be the spiritual leader in your home. You don't have a choice. You can't can't say, well, my wife's more spiritual than I am. You're in trouble. And you don't need to make your wife less spiritual. What you do is you need to get more spiritual. You need to give yourself more to the Lord and work because it's it's a key issue that you lead in the home as far as being spiritual is concerned. You're supposed to be the leader in the home. All right. Now, <clears throat> let me ask any questions on what we're saying here right now. Full mouth, and, and if I can't answer them, I'll tell you, right? Because <laughs> this, this is tough stuff, but it's it's key stuff. You see, if if we can recognize the way God has made us. And who we are. If I can recognize that I need 
Val's insight to complete my thinking, you know what, that helps me. If I think I can go it alone and I don't need it, then you know what, I, I, I'm hurting. If, if Val recognizes that she needs my protection as far as her thinking is concerned, that helps her too. And when God puts you under authority, what he does is he puts you in a place of protection. Authority is not the enemy. Obviously, the Corinthian ladies were having a problem with the authority. You know, we can imagine, but we don't know what was going on. But they did not want the authority in their lives, and they were hurting because of it, and Paul was dealing with it for them. Not to hurt them, but to make it better for them. All right, so any questions on what we're looking at here, right? Anthony. (laughs) I love Anthony because... If it wasn't for Anthony, folks, we wouldn't have half the questions that come come this way, right? Um, Now, I I think it's fine and right and fine for a woman to offer advice, for her to offer. Because a woman, woman, by her nature, is going to see it differently and is going to chip in something that's going to be a, a different way of looking at it, right? And so it's going to be helpful, it's going to be right. You see, offering advice and usurping authority are not the same thing. You see, it's the usurp, it's the grasping for, it's the taking control, the taking domination. And listen, you know, there are strong women who could very easily see themselves in the place where they take control and they dominate. And when they do, it's always a disaster. Is that right? Okay, that's not putting anybody down, but it's always a disaster. But the idea of a woman offering advice, no, that's good, that's good. It's good that she should. She's got a lot to offer as far as that's concerned. You know, the idea of a woman teaching, that's fine. But, you know, even a woman, when she's teaching, needs to understand that there's times when she needs to kind of run, run some thoughts by uh, the authority in her life and get those straightened up. I will often run things by me as far as teaching the ladies are concerned. You know, she needs to understand that there's an authority there that she kind of runs things by. She checks them out by. Don't, don't run with it, ladies, because you can sometimes run with the wrong thing. Be careful on that one. All right. <clears throat> Anybody else? David. <laughs> with a woman who's giving giving you advice all the time now she's she's not an act she's giving you advice all the time all right um well look you, here, here's the deal right the the thought is this right that what you've got is you've got a council group in the home you've got a, a husband who's called upon to lead to be the authority and to make the decisions. But he's got counsel coming from his wife. Now, you do well to heed the counsel that's coming from your wife. You may not necessarily go with it. Ladies, don't be offended if your husband decides, look, uh, I understand what you're saying, but here's really where I think we should go, and he goes with that. Don't be offended if he does that. You know, you want him to do that. By the way, women, if you would understand that the best thing for you is a strong husband that leads... That's what's going to make you feel comfortable and secure. A strong husband who says, this is the way it is, and leads. Um, because you need that. But So when your wife is giving you advice, listen to it. Right? You don't have to take it on board and do all of it, but you're wise to listen to it. Yeah, because she's, remember, she's coming at it from a different angle. She's seeing something different in the situation than you're seeing. And so you need her advice. 
You see, <clears throat> this is a hard thing, Dave, right? But God said that you are incomplete without Dorcas. <laughs> In other words, there's a bit missing without Dorcas. And that's the way that we, we, we've got to have that thought. In our, you see, the understanding the line of authority is not about looking at the situation and saying, hey, I'm the head honcho and you better, you better get in line or you're in trouble. Understanding the line of authority is me understanding my position. Right? And when I understand my position then in God, then I'm able to actually respond in a right way and take on board and make right decisions. And that ought to put me in the place where I can take advice you know, without feeling undermined by it. And by the way, women, do understand that, that you can actually undermine by the way you give advice to. Right? You can actually undermine and that you can tear down. Don't tear down. Give your advice. And if your advice is not taken, don't don't sit in the seat of the scornful saying, well, we'll see how this works out then. <laughs> and we're, wait, we're waiting for everything to collapse. Don't do that one. That's That's really not going to help you. Listen, it's to your benefit if the authority in your life leads strongly and takes control and takes the responsibility, uh, because ultimately it's his. And men, a big problem for us is that leadership is hard work. It's hard work. And because of the laziness of our natures, it's very easy for us to sit back and then women take up the, the banner and run with it, and then we have a mess on our hands. Anthony. Yeah, <clears throat> Adam was the first blame shifter, right? Uh, he, he shifted the blame to Eve. And really, I mean, their relationship was in trouble at that point. Because he was saying, it's her. It's, it was the woman. Right? <clears throat> it was the woman that thou gavest me. He was blaming everybody on it, God included. And, you know, we, we need to take, I'm responsible. So the decision that I make, I'm responsible for. And, and ladies, you need to understand, listen, that is part of the God-given plan for you. And by the way, submission to authority is a joyous freedom. Because he carries the can, you don't. Now, you, you'll be affected by it, but you give your advice, and he carries the can. And you say, well, I'm not sure. You know, <clears throat> have you seen him? Listen, it's, it's not your responsibility. To, I think I shared this with you before. Um, S.M. Davis used the illustration of uh, <clears throat> a family being like, a, like an airplane, right? You have the husband as the pilot. You have the wife as the co-pilot, and the kids are in the back. Right? Now, when the, when the wife takes over from the husband and becomes the pilot, the husband doesn't become the co-pilot. Have you noticed that, ladies? He takes the hump. And he gets in the back with the kids. And there's no co-pilot on the plane. And she's left to carry it all herself. And what happens is, after a while, she's complaining bitterly. He does nothing. He's left me to control the whole thing. I have to make all the decisions. You know, listen, don't step into that place. Just don't do it. You, you Listen, you may be sharper than your husband. Do you understand that? It's, it's actually possible that you would be sharper than your husband. But don't take the responsibility. Don't take the authority. You're going to you're going to hate it if you do. It, it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> all right. Anybody else got a question? Ladies are all quiet at this point. They're just letting it all float on by. Nobody's got anything to say here, right? Uh, listen, what we're talking about is God's order, and when we get ourselves in line with God's order, what happens is it works. It works. It's not less. Listen, it takes more courage and tenacity to actually give advice to a man who's going to make the wrong decision anyway and keep your mouth shut than most men have. 
Right? But, you know, listen, that's what you need to do. And then, you listen, you're free of it. The responsibility has now become his. It's now on his shoulder, so you step out of it. All right, Anthony. Um, that's not clear-cut. In Bible times, it would have been clear-cut. If dad died, the eldest in the family took the position. But that doesn't happen in our societies today. You know, and we, and we, don't, we don't have anything like that, that same, um, you know, that same order of things. It was a very ordered thing in Bible times, but it no longer is the same. So you couldn't always say. It might be... <clears throat> That the brother didn't want to take any responsibility in the situation. You know, it becomes quite difficult. Right, so that's, that's not clear-cut in our society, in our culture uh, at all. So uh, you couldn't automatically say, uh, do that, because that's not an order that we know. Some of you, that will put in very difficult situations. Isn't it? That would, be, that would be, a, be a strange situation to be put in. Right? <clears throat> but idea, God's plan is the father, the mother... And the children under that authority. That's, that's the plan that God has. But ladies, if you're in a position where there is no man who's in authority and willing to take that authority, you need to put yourself under somebody's authority. You need to find somebody godly and put yourself under their authority. And it's not that they're going to dictate your life for you and tell you everything to do, everything you should do. But what you do is you come to that authority and you ask them for counsel and advice uh, when, when, times, when you're looking at difficult situations and you get help there. I, but you need, you need that in your life. You're not the lone ranger. I don't think guys are the lone ranger when it comes to that either, but you do need that in your life. You need some, you need an authority in your life. That's the way God has planned it. And I realize if the feminists heard me saying that, I'd be hung, drawn, and quartered. But listen, it's the truth. It's God's order, and it's the way it should be uh, in our lives. All right. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now, I realize we're going to come here again in a few weeks, but we're going to look at it from a different angle in a few weeks. So let's just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we're just going to look at verse 34 and 35. Now, let me, let me ask all you Bible scholars, what is 1 Corinthians chapter 14 dealing with? Tongues. Right? If you want to work out the issue of tongues and you genuinely want to know what, what the Bible has to say about tongues, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Very straightforward. Um, it, what it does is it, 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 it just takes the, the, the rug out from under a lot of the foolishness that's going, out, going around nowadays as far as tongues are concerned. It just, just destroys it just simply by laying down rules for the exercise of tongues in the early uh, church. If you apply it today... What it does is it demolishes most of what's considered to be tongues out there without <clears throat> just by applying the rules, the basic rules. Well, now, we will look at that in a few weeks' time. Right? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34. Uh, now, keep that in mind that what we're dealing with here uh, is uh, tongues. Uh, verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, for they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for the women to speak in the church. Right? Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about tongues. 
It's very clearly he's talking about tongues, and the issue here of not speaking is dealing with tongues, and it's dealing with particularly the issue of confusion. Because the confusion was, everybody was talking in tongues at all the same time, and it was just a mess, and um, he was limiting it. It was to be two or three at the most, and the women were to keep silence. And what he's doing is he's removing the confusion as far as this thing is concerned. And so um, <clears throat> we need to understand that, I think, in the context that it's saying there. All right, but back to First Corinthians chapter 11. So let's draw, draw two conclusions here from it, right? First Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul is talking here about um, authority. Look at verse 3 again. But I, would, not, I would, would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God, right? That's the issue he's dealing with. He hits it first off. He lays it out. So the rest that we're going to understand, we're going to understand in that context, Right? Now, if we skip on down uh, <clears throat> to verse 14, doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Right? That if we look at it in context and what the Bible is saying, ladies, your hair is a covering for you, and your hair should be longer than your husband's. Right? How much longer? It doesn't say. But your hair should be longer. The man ought to have short hair and the woman ought to have longer hair. That's what the Bible says. And that, that carries the picture. And so it becomes a very simple, straightforward issue. And we don't need to wear hats. Ladies, you don't need to wear hats. By the way, if somebody decides they want to wear a hat, that's no problem. Right? Um, but we don't need to wear hats. If you have to go somewhere where the people wear hats, that's no problem for you to wear a hat. Their interpretation is that the the hair is not the covering. It needs to be a hat that's the covering to fulfill this. And that's fine. We're not going to fight over that. We're not going to um, make that a big issue. But um, as far as we're concerned, we're going to take verse 14 as saying, you know, that her hair is a covering uh, to her. Verse 15, um, that her hair is given to her for a covering, and that's the covering that the lady wears the hair as a covering. All right. Now, any questions or thoughts here before we close this? We're going to go to the Lord's table. All right. It really is a very straightforward issue. <clears throat> I understand that in our day and age, when we talk about the whole authority structure and so on, when we talk about submission, it's it's hard. And I, I listen, we're affected by it. You know, we're affected by this whole issue. If I were to talk about the things I've just said to you tonight uh, in an audience of unsaved people. I guarantee it. People be throwing things at me before I was done. <clears throat> I guarantee it. You know that, that's the way that's the way it would be. But it's straightforward Bible doctrine. And remember, God loves you and has your best at, at heart. He's not telling you something just to hurt you. He's not telling you something to put you down. Remember, Paul came on the scene uh, and elevated womanhood incredibly to the people of that day. He said, "Husbands, love your wife as Christ." Love the church. Well, they never heard that before. Because before that, remember, women were a possession. You know, <clears throat> and uh, he talked about faithfulness. He talked about all, all, all those things. What, what Paul did was Paul lifted it up. This, this is not something that's meant to hurt you. This is something that helps you. God made you in a certain way, and he made men in a certain way. Not that one is better than the other, but because he made you that way, you got to operate within the uh, confines of what God made you if you're going to be all that you can be in the Lord. All right? 
right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for uh, these people. And Lord, we do ask you, Lord, that you would just uh, help us to take on board the positions that you've given us. Lord, may we not raise up and think that we're better than uh, one another. May we not think that we're less than one another. But Lord, may we understand that your order and the way you made it is right. And may we rejoice in it and be thankful. And Lord, to you be the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen.